right, guys. Welcome to 2020. This is Mickey. Oh, it is 2020. And Jessica. And we are, of course, hosts of Video <laughs> Vampires. Weird. It's weird to think about. I don't like being in 2020. I feel like it sounds too futury. Yeah, I feel like I expected a lot more out of 2020. Yeah, when you're a kid, like, even in 2000, and you're thinking about 20 years in the future, it's, like, not where I expected humanity to be. Like, Donald Trump is our president. Like, imagine in 2000 getting the knowledge that Donald fucking Trump is president of the United States. Yeah, I was talking about that the other day with somebody where it's like, if somebody told me that Donald Trump would be president and Morrissey would be racist, I would have been like, you're full of shit. Yeah, like, no, that couldn't have happened. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, because we were just talking about our favorite movies of the decade and how hard it is. Because when you think about even from 2010 to now, there are so there are so many great films that have come out. Yeah. Um, but I've seen. Uh, you know what? We we took a little break during the holidays. Yeah. We had a lot of traveling, a lot of family, and then everyone got sick. Um, but I, you know, with traveling, you get to watch like movies that maybe you normally wouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, so I did that. I just like you know six hours between Boston and LA twice is is twelve hours. So you get a lot of movie watching time. But um, I watched Peanut Butter Falcon. Was it good? It was great. It was actually way more heartfelt than I wanted. Like I cried on the plane, and uh, I don't uh, care. I'm like one of those people that like have no problem publicly crying. Um, so I did. I I like couldn't help it. Like Shia LaBeouf. I I really want him to do great things and because yeah. he is such like a heart like I like him as an actor he's very okay. heartfelt the the story is very heartfelt it's like not um it's not too soft without you know it's got a sure. lot of like hard edges around it but it is like you feel good at the end of it um I I enjoyed it I really I really liked it everyone is great in it um it's like fun and adventure and very like Huck Finn you know yeah. what I mean um, I, I really liked it. And then I watched Villains, uh, with so the Sarsgaard, the It, <coughs> Bill Sarsgaard. It Bill? Follows. Yes. Um, Micah? Yeah. Mika, uh, Monroe, I think that's her name. Yeah. Uh, she is great. At, at first I was a little, like, weary because I didn't like how it started off. I was like, I'm kind of annoyed, but that's, like, kind of the couple's charm. Um, but it's about, like, a home invasion, you know, they're just, like, a couple on the run and... Uh, they try to rob a gas station and they fumble around and realize they have no gas. And so right. now they're in their middle of nowhere. They happen to be uh, break into a house and they find a kid in the basement chained up while they're looking for money. Um, or at least keys to the car or something. And then the parents come home and, and what happens. Um, it was actually pretty good. I, <laughs> again, I think maybe I enjoy movies more on a plane because you're forced to watch them. Because sure. you have nothing else to do but yeah. enjoy it or like hate it. But I, I did really like it. It's like... Creepy and weird, and it's it is like a black comedy of home invasion. Okay, um, it's very silly at times, but um, the the actors are like charming enough to kind of pull it off. Uh, what's her name? The uh, Kevin's Bacon, Kevin Bacon's wife, Kara Sedgwick. Kara Sedgwick, yeah, she's in it, and she's great, and she looks great too. Like I realize that she's a bit older now, and she yeah. looks the same. Her and Kevin Bacon look pretty good. They do. They're I'm pretty, pretty sure they're couple. witches. They're yeah. like he's a warlock, she's a witch. They're they sold their soul to Satan to look like that. Um, it's super enjoyable, and I also watch Hustlers on the plane. Oh, good. Uh, another super enjoyable movie. Uh, I liked it, but I don't think it, like, deserves Best Picture or something like that. Did it get nominated? No, it didn't. Okay, I was say. <laughs> Imagine, though, I would have been like, all right, well, I we're mean, done. the absurdity of everything, you know, it, I wouldn't have been surprised, but... Yeah, like, Once Upon a Time being nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I mean, so yes, Once Upon a Time being nominated, but also, like, 
how last year the best movie was clearly the favorite, but Green Book won. Yeah, I know. You know? And, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least Parasite got nominated. Yeah. That's and it's not going to win, because it's going to win Best International. But, of course, we can't let it possibly win Best Picture, even though it was the Best Picture of the year. I know. If Tarantino wins, I'm actually going to be upset. Like, I, I don't hate it, but it's just not great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I did see Hustlers. It's it's super fun. Um, Constance Wu... Constance Wu is great in it. J-Lo's great in it, and she looks fucking great. Uh, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I like... The hype was worth it. Like, okay. it, it's a super fun movie, and um, that's it. I mean, it, I don't think it deserves anything more than that. Um, Jojo Rabbit, I saw. Heard that was really good. I cried in the movie theater. <laughs> I'm a crier. Yep. Um, it's great. Taika Waititi um, has this, like, real great gift of, like, giving you tragedy with, like, comedy. Yeah. Um, and making it really tender. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I fucking loved it. It's, like, really sweet and sad and, like, it very, to me at least, it very gently touches on the topic of, like, you know, thought and, and, and... Fascism yeah. and innocence lost and... And how that, and how that happens and how, like, a young mind would interpretate that. Sure. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, uh, it's great. It's fucking great. And then <laughs> I saw The Grudge, the remake of a remake. Uh, it is so bad. So it I was heard, so bad. I heard it's been getting, it's really, 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 really bad. It is really bad. I didn't want to think it was as bad as it was, but it, cause like Andrea Risenborough, I think that's her name. She was in Mandy. Oh, she yeah. was in, she's a great actress. Sure. Uh, Ken Chow, uh, he was in all the Star Trek movies. He was in, uh, um, no, uh, oh God. Is that his name? No. Fuck. Oh my God. Keep talking. John, John Chow. John Chow? John Chow. He, yeah, he was just in, um... God damn it. <laughs> I know, we're pieces of shit. Uh, yeah, anyway, Mickey's gonna look that up. But he's in it, too. Again, a great actor. Uh, bad fucking movie. Movie is so silly John and Cho. so... John Chow, fuck! Uh, the movie is so silly and stupid, and it wasn't scary at all. And actually, near the end, I had to pee, and I left, and I never came back. And I left my friends in the movie theater, and I waited for them to get out, because I did not give a fuck about that movie or what happened to the characters in it. Nothing was scary. It was all stupid. I honestly hated it. I hated it so much. But you know what? The AMC in Burbank's pretty nice. I mean... We've been going there a lot. No, really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I didn't hate it. Uh, the movie Theater. <laughs> I, however, really hated the movie. I hated yeah. it so much. Don't go see it. And, like, people... I'm, like, suspect now. Like, people who are saying they liked it or, like... We have to give all filmmakers, like, credit. No, we fucking don't, because that movie is shit. You know what movie was shit? Cats? I didn't see Cats. I saw something very close to Cats, though. I, um... I saw Star Wars. I saw... Oh, you... Yeah, you said you didn't like it. Mm Mm-mm. Not at all? Uh, There's, like, two parts that I was like, yeah. Like, I couldn't help it. Like, the kid in me was like... But here's the thing, is that, like, we're getting to the point where... If you slap Star Wars on anything, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I like it. And it's like, fucking, are you... you?" No, I think the fans ruined it. Um, it, it, But it's like, okay, Star Wars is not a good movie. It's not. Like, okay. Are you talking about which one? There's nine of them. I know, no. I'm talking about, like, I love... Look, you're never going to hear me talk bad about New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. The the classic versions of those movies are, are... 
they're they're very near and dear to my heart. Which is funny because I was thinking about them when I was watching the new Star Wars, and I was like, oh man, you know what? I realized what makes the other Star Wars movies works is that there's three places they go to in the movies, yeah, in the original ones, and they pack a lot of story in those three locations. Whereas in this one, it's like, let's go to this place to find this thing, but even though we find this thing, it's not going to matter because it's going to get turned off, or it's going to be broken, or it's going to be whatever in five minutes after we get it anyway. Or, hey, let's go to this place because all of a sudden this character who in, what, eight movies can do one thing suddenly can't do this one thing that we've been... (laughs) So let's go to this other place and, like, for no fucking reason... The whole movie was them jumping around for no fucking reason. With the last one or this one? The, I mean, this most recent both. one. Both. Yeah. Hey, with both, yeah. But this most recent one, it was like, they they have to go to this planet to go watch this weird, like, I don't know what, Burning Man or Coachella Festival. Yeah, that and was And then <laughs> uh, to, find, to find this thing that no one's been able to find, but it's right out in the open. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then you know, it was like, everybody's like, oh, but the Emperor came back. I'm like, you're right. He did. If you were going to come, and it's like, oh, man, but he's like, he's figured out cloning. It's like... So then why does he suck at it? Like, why did he clone himself as the oldest, most decrepit version of himself he possibly <laughs> could? And then, um, you know, so there's that. And then he, they were like, you know, the, this character we created in the first two movies of the more recent ones, this, you know, Snoke character. The Emperor's like, oh, I made Snoke. And I was like, oh, so you suck at making people, too. Because he was clearly <laughs> a shitty, he, like, he was a feeble person in a chair. Like, you can't, like, if the Emperor had started off the entire new movie, this new movie being like, I have figured out all these things, I'm still working on it, though, I would have been like, all right, I'll buy it. But it didn't. <laughs> it was like, we're supposed to buy all this bullshit, and then there's a plot twist, or a character reveal, which you're like, no, 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 no. it's just like when Luke found out, that, and I was like, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not like when Luke, Luke Skywalker found out Darth Vader was his father. It is a completely stupid, pointless... Yeah, what I the- think it was stupid... I laughed during most of that fucking movie. Like, I honestly did. There was a scene where they go to this planet to find this... They called it a Sith Wayfinder. And it's like, that is that what you had? That's the best you <laughs> come up with? You couldn't... Why not just call it... I know what we'll and, name it. The well, Sith yeah. Wayfinder. Uh, or the <laughs> evil GPS. I don't know. It's just, it was the stupidest <laughs> thing in the world. And they find it, and Adam Driver breaks it. He just goes, ah, that thing you were working so hard to get? Smash! And I was like, I laughed. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Is that what this movie's going to be? We're like, I love, there was a cameo towards the end of the movie that I didn't know was coming, so I don't want to give anything away, but it was an actor who came back that's not not Billy D. Williams um, that made me like go, oh, and I got a little touched, and I smiled, and it was nice. It was a great moment. I will give you that. Um, I loved, there was a shot at Ewoks. I was like, I'm on board with that. Um, the rest of the movie was just fucking garbage. Like, it doesn't make it... There were so many things where it was like, you are forcing a story instead of letting it happen. And yeah. you're, you know, you're pissed off about The Last Jedi, so you're trying to re, like, re-retcon everything that happened there instead of just kind of being like, all right, fuck, we, but we wrote ourselves into a corner. Let's figure out a better way to write ourselves out of I it. I don't think of- there was a better way, though. That's why I think I'm just like, I don't care anymore. I hear about Star Wars all day long. Yeah. And honestly, I'm like, this is what we got, guys. It's not going to be any different. And people are like, oh, and people are like, oh, but there's going to be all these spin-off movies. There's going to be like a solo movie. There's going to be this. And it's like, why do you need to come up with these prequels? That last Star Wars movie had 10 spin-off movies in it uh. on its own. <laughs> Just fucking pull from that. Like, there was so much useless shit in that movie that uh, it frustrated me. And yeah. I was just like, and I realized, I was like, man, I just, I don't know if it's like I'm, I'm have I outgrown Star Wars, or have they gotten worse? No, and- you know what? Um, Freddie Prince Jr. 
went on a rant. Did you did you hear about his rant? Mm. Where he goes, he goes, Star Wars even still is still for kids. He's like, you're just mad that you didn't grow with Star Wars, which is actually true. Because the storyline is not... It, it wasn't meant to carry with adulthood. It's still meant for... And he, he I think you should listen to the whole thing because obviously <laughs> he uh, did a lot of the voices for the animated series. Sure. He, and he's very involved in like the Star Wars universe, mm. uh, which it is now. It's just enormous with comics sure. and, and shows and animations. Um, but he makes a very good point. Um, he was talking about something else, about what fans were butthurt against. But, I mean, that is, that is the point. Like... But- but even in the original movies, there was like, yes, they might have been aimed for kids, but there was moments that I felt like were, were, it, it was it was for both, you know, like yeah. that was my problem with this new Star Wars movies. That there was even moments where they're trying to do callbacks to the original movies without any of the context of what made those original scenes work. It's like, oh, we have the scene where Luke Skywalker raises the the ship out, of, and it's like, yeah, that scene makes sense in Empire Strikes Back when Yoda yeah. does it. It actually, there's a whole. There's a whole point to it. Like, my mom and I were having this dorky... Like, my wife's in the backseat just listening to us, like, go back and forth. It's having the dorkiest <laughs> conversation. Um, but, um, or, or like, oh, there's a scene where Ray fights Ray, and it's, like, just, like, the cave and Empire. It's like, nope, again, that scene makes sense in Empire. It doesn't fucking make sense the way you guys... So it's just, it's your, your, you're saying, hey, it's like Stranger Things, but not yeah. as fun. Where Stranger Things will constantly be like, hey, remember that thing that you love? Well, here it is, you know? It has nothing to do with our story, really, but we're going to have... A scene where somebody sings "Never Ending Story" in a in a in a part that has no no bearing on the plot at all, you know, and uh-huh. you're gonna love it because you love "Never Ending Story." And it's like, yeah, I do, you know. I think it's lazy when Stranger Things does it, but I love Stranger Things. Um, I, I'm really mad when Star Wars is that being that lazy, or J.J. Abrams, or or Disney, or whatever the fuck they're doing. Um, I just wanted. I honestly, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to just get this over with, yeah. and that's where I am. And now it's over with, and I'm like, okay, yeah, uh, but. I will say The Mandalorian is so good. I hear that all the time. It is. It is great. I I believe it. It's just that, you know, we've had it, like, we we went through Watchmen, and then we went through Succession, which we we went through both seasons, which Succession, I know you were saying that, like, you you watched some of the first season. Um, Yeah. Succession is fantastic. Yeah, I I know it it is. I just wasn't in the mood to, to, like, even think about fucking rich rich people, people, you know? Yeah. It gets gets even better um, and funnier. So um, I would definitely give that a revisit, but it's great. I'm looking forward to season three. I also saw um, Uncut Gems. Oh yeah, finally. Yeah, and you I, weren't dazzled. Well, I was. I, here's things. I <laughs> that's very funny. I was dead. I, I mean, I, Adam <laughs> Sandler was great. Everybody was great. Like that movie was great. Like I could why I walked out of the movie like that was a great movie. But I didn't have that same feeling I feel when I walk out of a great movie. Like I watched it I was like. That movie's fantastic. The acting was... I mean, Adam Sandler was amazing. I think it's ridiculous that he didn't get any... I do, even though, you know... <coughs> I mean... It's his this, threat of yeah. making a bad movie. Like, dude, fuck off. But it's but. like... Here's the thing. Is he, Punch Drunk Love was where I was... Like, before that was the movie, yeah. I was like, God damn it. Like, you know, the guy can act. We, you know, maybe we, maybe if we do start acknowledging that, we'll, you know, we'll be in a better place in the world. Instead of Grown Ups 3, Grown Ups 4... Um, don't mess with the Zohan, too, or whatever the fuck he's going to do next, right, you know? That's one of my guilty, listen, white chicks and don't mess with the Zohan are two very funny ah, movies. Well, <laughs> let me put it this and way. And how high? I still laugh at certain parts of Little Nicky, but um, Uncut Jumps was great. It was a fantastic movie. I just didn't, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't walk out of that, but like, with the same excitement that I normally would. Um, same, well, no, actually, I felt differently about another movie that you saw that I hadn't seen. 
which was Joker. Yeah, man. Joaquin Phoenix, fantastic. Fucking fantastic. But oh my god, that movie relies so much on Taxi Driver. It's leaning so heavily on Taxi Driver, it just makes me want to watch it. Okay, but think about when Taxi (laughs) Driver came out. Still an iconic movie to us, but there are kids who have never seen it. Sure. I feel like this is, you're right, it is their Taxi Driver, but why is that bad? It's not that it's their Taxi Driver, it's that it's a movie that needs another movie so badly to work. Like, it, it was... It was trying so hard to, to be Taxi Driver to the point where I felt like it was almost being like, you know, uh, what's his fucking face? Todd Phillips was like practically running up to the camera being like, hey guys, you remember Taxi Driver? I love it too. Watch this. And, and like it was just so many moments and, and the, the, the casting of Robert De Niro as this like host of a, this comedy host kind of like the Jerry Lewis character that is in King of Comedy. Yeah. Which, you know, and it's like... It, it was like uh, Hateful Eight, where, I, like, where Tarantino was like, this was my, I wanted to make a movie that was like inspired by how I felt watching The Thing. And I'm like, cool, but you know what? When I was watching your movie, I just wanted to watch The Thing. I don't want to watch a movie and think of some other movie that I'd rather be watching. That's not a good movie. And I thought Joker has some good, I, just, I think part of the reason why I felt like this way too is that the movie got so overhyped in both directions. You know? Like, yeah. The people who love the movie... And like this is one of the greatest movies that came out this year, best picture. And then you have other people being like, "Oh my god, this movie is bad news!" Like it is going to um, because this is the time period that we live in. I mean, I think every time periods went through this of sure. this extreme censorship and then no censorship. Yeah. And, like, what is wrong for society during this time period? But, but what is it? What is it? What is the term of these people that they're calling them, um, or they're calling themselves? Um, incel involuntary celibates yeah and it's like fuck off it's like <laughs> like this movie should not like no i don't think anybody who's with any reasonable amount of intelligence is going to watch the joker and go man this is inspiring me to yeah i think that <laughs> it may, was made up i, yeah, I don't I know it, the the internet and ha- things rumors starting and, and outrage starting is is very strange yeah um <clears throat> there's a sam comedian he uh, he's on the Today Show, or he's on he's on the Daily Show. I don't God, it's fucking killing me. He's an Asian comedian. He's got a stand special on Netflix, but he's got a great point where he says that um, basically, like, who would have thought that the internet, well, all of this, all the, the the culmination of the world's knowledge, would make people stupider? Yeah, has, the internet has made people dumber. And Joker is one of those movies where it's like, are you fucking? Is it really like? Is this movie really worth that much attention? It, it was. If it had just been like a movie that came out good, awesome, I would have been like, oh, that was that was cool. But the fact that it got so much attention on both ends, I was like, Jesus, like, there's other, like, Parasite. Parasite, Parasite luckily deserves- got the nomination. Yes. Uh, the Joker. But it, it, it unfortunately is, like, still a bit tone deaf. And, like, even, um... Parasite uh, or the, uh, the, the Oscars? The Oscars. Oh, yeah. Because um, there are a lot of movies that kind of got shunned and, and a lot of um, actresses and, and people. And it's, it's just, like, kind of like, well, what about... All these movies, what, why weren't they even, yeah. you know, part of this? It's just a little sad, but I am happy that Parasite got it. And Absolutely. I'm at least stoked that all of the press it's getting yeah. recently um, because of it is is helpful to, for people to other uh, to see other movies from other countries. Even um, <clears throat> he said it in his acceptance speech about, like, if you just get over that two-inch bar, you could have access to, like, so many great sure. things, you know? And, and I will go back real quick about Joker. Um, 
I thought Joaquin Phoenix was fantastic. Like when he, he won, is. when he's he won the Gold Globes, I was like, absolutely. Like I mean, he deserved it. He was great. I I, lo- I thought. He I was don't know. Best. I really liked it. <laughs> I I mean, I'm kind of the opposite, but I saw it like right in the beginning. That's so true. like I see it. You know, I saw yeah. it before all the hype and and controversy or whatever. Sure. Um, I think it's stylized great. I think um, even though it is basically Taxi Driver, um, it I think it opens the door to that. And those type of things for for a much younger audience. Sure. While it still resonates with it because of the, you know, people with mental health issues, the homeless, like stuff like that. And and just basic view on our society. That's still a very relevant thing. Absolutely. I just just want to see somebody make, not make, not try to make the, try to make tax driver again, but try to make a movie that, you know, 20, 30 years now people are going to be like, hey, remember that, you know, like the way, um, the way people talk about taxi driver, you know, like. Have a movie that comes out now that's like not trying to be that movie, but trying to be its own, it becomes its own thing, you know? Yeah. And I, don't, I just don't feel like Joker was there yet. Um, there was just moments I that I just, I don't know. Mm. <coughs> eh, it's so hard to be impressed these days, I guess. I know, I feel like such an asshole. <laughs> um, I, you know what? TV is a big thing, and it's like so easy to get lost in television these days. There's so much fucking shit out. Lock and Key is coming out, which I am very excited for. Yeah. I even want to take a day off work so I could just watch it the entire day. Is it all coming out in one? Yeah, it's coming out through Netflix, so I assume it's just going to yeah. pop right in. Uh, but I did watch Dracula TV show. Was it good? Okay, uh, for me, I barely got through the first episode, and I hated it, and then I watched the entire thing. Uh, the first episode, they had o- old Dracula, you know, and he has this terrible accent, and it... It, every time he spoke, it made me cringe. And then I liked the storyline. Okay. I liked the story. I started liking it second, third episode. I was like, okay, All right. this is kind of gruesome. Someone kept calling him gay Dracula, which he kind of is in a way. Yep. Um, which I think is always a, a point about vampires sure. and their, their sexuality. Yeah, uh, they don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> and then I watched The Outsider. Which um, I've been hearing great things. Dude, two episodes... Um, HBO released two episodes at once. It is a Stephen King story, yeah. which I didn't read. And now my friend made a good point. I was like, fuck, should I just stop watching it and read it? And my friend's like, there are so many books that aren't made into movies or TV shows, so maybe you should read those first. And I was yeah. like, damn. Uh, that's right. So I watched the second episode. Uh, it is gr- It is great. And I know um, you mentioned that your wife was talking about how scary it is. And it is scary, but in a way that I don't think that you're thinking of. It's... um. It's very plays much like a like a crime drama, yeah, rather than like too. a ghost story. But it has like very creepy elements. It reminds me of when True Detective um, was kind of good. You know, there were point there were points in it that like felt kind of supernatural, even though they weren't. Yeah, and that's what they're doing in in this. Uh, it's it's really great so far. I really can't wait uh, to see how the the storyline um, goes goes for this Jason Bateman um is really convincing as a as his character as like yeah. a regular guy but also could be a fucking serial killer yeah like you don't know like what is happening sure um it, it is it is great I I don't want to ruin anything else because it's only two episodes and it, it really covers a lot but it is really good yeah and it it gives me hope for other Stephen King adaptations because sometimes a lot of his stuff comes out really bad well I think it's because <clears throat> Uh, you know, I think there's a there's a difference between when they when they do it on TV, and when they do it in a, when they do it as a film. There's just the, what what 
what's tough is that there's so much great, so much great Stephen King stuff that like you. They're like, okay, we're gonna do a movie of Salem's Lot. Yeah. And I look at that book and I'm like, and I've always, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to make a movie of that myself. I feel like I want to get it right, you know. But then you read, you're going through the book and you're like, what the fuck do I take out? What do I leave in? Yeah. And I think what's what makes TV really work is that you can have a little bit more room to leave stuff in. Like they're gonna, we're gonna have, we're gonna see a new adaptation of The Stand um, by the end of the year, and I love the original miniseries of The Stand. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I still think it's fantastic. I think it holds up. Uh, I am interested to see what this new one is, but that's the thing is that like you know with with Stephen King, I feel like he's better suited for television because you've got the time. You know, I thought the It miniseries was better than the It movies because yeah, you know they ha- even though they were limited by network television, they still had more time to to play. You know, <coughs> I don't yeah. know. That's me. Um, did you have like a a list of some movies this past decade, or you want to? It's so hard. Like, I, I got, like, really anxious just thinking about me going through the movies that I loved in the past 10 years and trying to pick a top 10. Because I do, I, I think the past 10 years have been really great for film. And anyone who thinks different, you're, you just don't like anything. Right. Like, you find joy in nothing. Yeah. Uh, but there's there are so many good movies. I will say, like... Some of my favorite directors, Give me a South taste. Korean. I, I still think The Handmaiden. Um, oh yeah, is one of the best films in the past ten years. Like that is just every time I watch it, I'm like, this is a piece of art. Um, I I really love it. That's probably one of my favorite movies um, of all time. And then um, The Wild Boys, oh, the yeah. French, uh, is still one of my favorite movies. In Fabric, I know, and it's hard. It's hard to pick a top ten, even thinking about it, because these are movies I just saw. And now I'm influenced by, sure. and so now I'm just like, oh, I gotta include them in this list. So it's impossible for me. And no, I won't. I won't do it. I will say though. I mean, I, I had a hard time too, and I can only. I mean, none of this is like in order, but like I definitely think Mad Max Fury Road was art. You know that was. A movie it was like, is. I was like, holy it's shit! It's escapist <laughs> art. It's fantastic. Speaking of Taika Waititi, what we do in the shadows, the movie, like that's like one of the only movies my wife and I actually agree on, and it's like that movie's like a staple at our place. Um, the Babadook, which I saw twice. Yeah. In the theater when it came out, because I was like, this movie's fucking tight. Um, Girl walks home alone at night, which just to me is, I think is one of the best movies of the past ten years. Uh, Drive, which I loved, and Drive came out in, what two thousand eleven, so technically. Earlier in the decade, but I loved Drive. And then Get Out. You know, those are the only ones... I was going to say, we got Ari Aster, we got Jordan Peele. Like, these are two... We got Nicholas Winding Refn uh, making more movies. This yeah, Maniac Cop. Like, um, uh, Neon Demon, which is... Well, I mean, he's going to be doing yeah, yeah. Maniac Cop. Um, but he also did Neon Demon, which is in my top ten. We have some really... I feel like we have some really great <laughs> filmmakers and... I'm just, like, excited. Like, even um, Richard Stanley's making a comeback. Yeah. Uh, Color Me Out of Space, which I saw at Beyond Fest, is now yeah. out, uh, which is really cool. Um, I'm kind of happy that, like, parts of, like, um, FX and, like, puppeteering are coming back. Like, yes. this, they discussed that during The Mandalorian because, uh, you know, and I love, I fucking love Werner Herzog. He just kind of, like, says things like, you could steal from the internet. Of course you can. People, like, this is how things get get sent over and how you discover things steal from the internet i'm like hell yeah and then he was like disney are cowards if you don't use puppets like and i <laughs> it's just great it, he's he's just yeah, like a great he's a character he's a great influence i feel like um but i i just have so many and to pick one 
And I also watch so much yeah. that I, I watch, you know, hundreds of movies a year. And we, we all do. And, like, to try to pick through that. But I'll, I, I feel like I'll release a few that I've been influenced by. But Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Like, whenever people are like, oh, the ten, past, ten best movies of the decade. It's like, you know how long a, de- a, a decade could be to somebody? You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I've moved in three different states. And, yeah, like, exactly. you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a long-ass time. Right. Uh, but there's been some great stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, so, uh, you know, for those who've been listening, we've been traveling around the world. Um, we are now in South America. Yeah, we did we Brazil. Did Brazil. Yeah. Um, which is really cool because I think this is the first Brazilian horror movie, right? I think so. Um, there's a lot of, like, horror elements and, and any genre that you're in, fear is always something that's included in them. Um, but whether or not, like, it's a true horror mo- movie is is something that's debatable. But this is known as Brazil's first horror movie. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we watched um, At Midnight I Will Take Your Soul. Yeah. Which was the first of the Coffin Joe horror films. So, um, quick backstory. Jose Marica Morans um, creates this character, Coffin Joe. Um who is this evil undertaker in this small town with, like, Nietzschean philosophy. And <laughs> yeah. um, he's just... He, the way I described it when we were, ta- when we were watching it um, was he is the bad guy that Ben Gazzara plays in Roadhouse. Like, the bad guy that, like, he's doing all this awful shit in town, and everybody knows it, but they, they're too afraid or can't prove it. Mostly they're too afraid. That's what Coffin Joe is. He's the horror <laughs> movie version of Ben Gazzara's character. He takes what he wants... And he just stomps all over people, literally. And um, he uh, he's very, very um, staunchly against uh, religion and superstition. And, um, of course, in all of the Coffin Joe movies, that there, he can't deny their presence towards the end. And they, he always ends up getting his comeuppance. Um, you know, before we dive into the actual movie, one of the things I find interesting about Coffin Joe is that in Brazil, he is the Freddy Krueger. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and he is... Well, because they, they bring folklore, and, and again, each, each um, everywhere we go brings a little bit of their folklore into yeah. the horror movie, which is really cool, because it is a unique character, but based on, right. uh, on like, they touch on the Day of the Dead. And, oh, absolutely, and like, and so he's, he, there's three Coffin Joe movies, there's At, At Midnight I'll Take Your Soul, um, This Night I'll Possess Your Corpse, and Embodiment of Evil. All three of them are incredibly fucked up. But what I think is interesting is that those are the three movies that he appears as the character and the, the movie's about the character. He shows up as the character in a bunch of movies, a bunch of TV, oh, comic really? books. Yeah, I have comic books. They're reprints <laughs> of comic books that where his character would host the story. He was very much a Crypt Keeper, like Tales in the Crypt. Or, or when Freddy had his own, um, when Freddy had Freddy's Nightmares. And that's what I think is really interesting is that with... with you know, the Crypt Keeper and Freddy, by the time they had, Nightmare on Elm Street had its own, you know, anthology show, both Freddy and the Crypt Keeper are kind of... Freddy, at this point, is so far removed from where he started off in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Crypt Keeper is, is hamming it up from the get-go. They're like, they're, there's a weird accessibility to these characters, you know, that they're like, they're scary, they're monsters, but there's still something about them that's like funny or charming. Coffin Joe never changes. He's always a fucking monster. So the fact that, like, Oh, really? I haven't seen... This is the first of... and oh. The first of the series and the first movie I've seen. Um, he... Like, I would... Lo- I mean, when you watch some of the shit he does in this movie, so... Uh, all three of the movies, but specifically <coughs> the one we watched, is Coffin Joe 
um, deciding that the only way to ensure his legacy is to have a son. So he's constantly trying to find a woman who, um, who will, you know, he can spread his seed to. He can, he can bear, who will bear his children, his child. Um, but of course, you know, because Coffin Joe's such a great guy, there's not as many takers as you think. So a lot of times he's doing a lot of the taking, so to speak. Yeah, no, he's, a, of, he's a real dick. Not a lot of ladies knocking on his door. Um, so he, um, you know, he's, he's, I mean, in this movie alone, he would lops off some dude's fingers, whips a, a guy nearly to death. Um, uh, rapes. Rapes, rapes and murders. No, she doesn't murder, She commits suicide afterwards. Rapes a woman, murders another yeah. woman. Um, and uh, kills his best friend. And gouges out the eyes of a doctor before setting him on fire. Yeah, this guy's just like, and I, I really, I really liked it. I really liked the character. Um, I love that he's just like a guy, but like he became a monster yeah. in his own right. And he was a monster, but he's just totally like a man. And then even, even he is struggling with like the monster that he's become. Not in the way that he's remorseful, but he's just like trying to prove the existence of God, even though he says he doesn't believe it. Yes. Um, it's it's really great. It I, I really love it. It's a very interesting. Um, very defiant. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting alter ego that he's a character that he's created for himself of like man, and it's 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 weird. Yeah, is, <laughs> I mean, I love it, but he's a dude who is like who's like you know um, I'm going to get by in life because I'm smart and I'm strong, and everybody's you know that's why they're afraid of me. Is yeah, I'm smart and I'm strong and I'm free. And I'm not bound by anything by really, really like so. One of the many nefarious evil things that he does, aside from what that list that we just mentioned, um, <laughs> it is what it's uh, what is it? Uh, what holiday is it? Day of the Dead. No, before that, when he it's a uh, Good Friday. Right? Oh yeah, it's he, it's yeah. He orders he orders a, like everybody's like you no, can't, can't eat, eat meat, meat. and yeah. he's ordering a fucking leg of lamb, and he's just fucking mowing down that leg of lamb <laughs> while they have this funeral procession, <gasps> laughing at them, and it's just like um, <clears throat> that's what kind of drove like. Uh, I, you know, I loved about this character when I first saw the, you know, the, the, uh, this movie years ago was, I was like, God, this guy is just such, like you said, he's like, he's just a fucking human being who was just so defiant till the very, almost to the very end, um, that, you know, there's almost moments where you kind of admire him, you yeah. know, and he has, like, what I love about this character is that he, he's such a monstrous piece of shit. But there's a scene where there's a guy who's beating, who's like yelling at his kid, he's slapping his kid around, and he goes over there and he's like, hey, <laughs> hey, you don't beat your child. And then he turns to the kid, he's like, you know, crying won't make you a man. And he's like, he's like, man, he's just dishing out lessons left and right, but he's like, he's got this very, like, he's got principles about, you know, children and, and how you treat children. and, and uh, Yeah, and, <clears throat> and having a purpose of just like, the purpose is life, and I get to spread that life everywhere. And but it, like, this guy's for the seed. Yeah, you're like a little fucking weirdo. And, and think about that. So think about what we've what we have made into our horror icons. Again, like Freddy, the Crypt Keeper, all these things that like we like. You know, every Saturday night or Sunday night on HBO, people were turning on the Crypt Keeper and, or turning on Tales from the Crypt and inviting this character into their home. And he, of course, it, it's again, it's palatable. He's laughing. He's goofing off. He's got. This morbid gallows humor, but he's like he's hamming it up. Whereas yeah. Coffin Joe never changes. In fact, like I was saying to you, by the time we get to Embodiment of Evil, which is made a few years ago, you would think that like the times had gotten maybe gotten more even even now has been more hardcore 
than yeah. what you and no he can't he keeps he he keeps pace and goes there's shit in embodiment of evil where I'm like I cannot believe I just fucking saw that and he's at this point Coffin Joe's an old man and he's like you think that um you know like okay well how are they gonna work this story about him oh no he's still trying to spread his seed and, <laughs> and I will tell you this because he he does a great job but um at midnight I'll take your soul is like he wrote produced, directed, all this by himself. You yeah. Know? Um, <clears throat> he had a cinematographer, but, you know, and, and he obviously had a cat, he had a crew, but this was his baby. This was his, you know, and there's definitely some, there's there's definitely some moments where, um, you know, the special effects are, are, are a little hokey, a little whatever, but it's like, you gotta remember, this guy's making a film outside of Hollywood in Brazil. Yeah, where they don't have horror movies. On, yeah, exactly. On his own, and this is the movie that comes, that's why I was so like, that's why I was. And then it movie. exploded the genre. I mean, when you look at Brazilian horror and and even looking at it, because when I first, you know, yeah. when we talked about doing Brazil, um, most of the movies I'd seen were just like dramas, like Black Orpheus or um, City of God. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't really seen a lot, if any, um, Brazilian horror movies, and so. Uh, when I looked, there's a lot in the 70s, and I think this was just, like, a launching pad for, like, you know, in mm-hmm. the sleazy 70 horrors and, and stuff like that yeah. uh, for, for like, how popular that became in Brazil. Absolutely, yeah. He's, he's Which is cool. Yeah, it is cool. It just, it just, to me, it's, like, I think one of the reasons why, I mean, I remember the way I heard about Coffin Joe in the first place was um, back in the beginning days of Wikipedia. Uh-huh. Uh, so, like, I will say, like, what, 2005, 2006? I don't know. Whatever, I was looking up a movie that we covered a few, uh, in our, one of our first episodes, it was covering popcorn, and somebody, or I was on IMDb or something, and somebody made this, like, you know, uh, the character of Possessor was inspired by Coffin Joe, and I was like, woo, that's not, Coffin Joe, what the fuck is that? And then, of course, like, uh, Phantoma, uh, it was a distribution company, they put out a, a box set of um, the first two Coffin Joe movies, and then a third movie called Awakening of the Beast, mm-hmm. which is a anthology horror movie that Coffin Joe was, like, the host it's like him telling stories about, like, this is what happens if you get into drugs, and this is what happens if you get yeah. into this, and it's, like, kind of, like, weird, psychedelic, freaky, you know, shit. But, um, <laughs> so I got the, I got that box set, and it was fucking amazing, and it came with the comic books, and then I, as I was watching, I was like, this has nothing to do with popcorn. Like, popcorn didn't take anything from this, but, uh, maybe the look, barely. Yeah. But, um, but, in all honesty, um, I was really struck by, like, man, this guy just did this all on his own. And for 1964, this movie's pretty fucking brutal. It really is. It's before Night of the Living Dead when you see people like, eating body parts in, you know, in, in, in Night of the Living Dead or, or um, you know, maybe Herschel Gordon Lewis stuff where you have a tongue being ripped out. But this is still, again, it's, it's 1964, it's South America, and you've got a guy getting his fingers cut off. I think it does a really good job of being horrific without n- needing a lot to, to yeah. justify it. Yes. Um, which is one of the best parts about it. It's really charming. Yeah. Um, like, a, it's a charming film. Um, Weirdly I, enough, yes. Yeah, and I mean that in, like, when you're watching it, you appreciate, like, how much time was spent on it and, uh-huh. like, how much little they got to to make it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it really does. It holds up. It's, like, it's great. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, like, he's, he, you know, his family was a, um, it's just, it's, Again, it's just so weird how culture and, and and different, you know, how different countries see American media and, like, how it gets kind of goes through certain weird filters, I guess. But it's like, you know, he, you know, his family owns theaters, 
own a movie theater, and he was in love with the Universal mm-hmm. monsters, you know? And it's like, and he decided he wanted to create this But well, you character. can see it is like his his character is like very vampiric or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Or like demony, you know, even though it's a man. Like he has the long fingernails and like sure. his movements are very like yeah. elegant and performed. He's wearing and, a fucking top hat. And like a cemetery with the lightning. Yeah, it's, it is, it's great. But then there's this weird, again, there's this weird Nietzschean like, you know... This kind of like philosophical take that he he kind of goes on. I am a man with no rules. Yeah, and it's you like, know, like, like, where the fuck did this come from? This is not Dracula. This is not Frankenstein. This is not the Mummy. This is like he he loved these things. He's like, I want to make a horror movie. Yeah, I want to make a horror character just like them. And then instead, he just he's just maybe either he had he decided he wanted to do something different halfway through, or he just didn't understand that hey, this is not this is great, but it's not at all like. You know, it's like you're so I far do. I kind of love it because it gets really serious at it some does. points. And it you're gets... like, whoa, this just took a deep turn. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, basically the movie is, you know, he, he he's looking for a woman to spread his seed. He decides it's going to be this woman who is his best friend's fiance. Uh, clearly, she's not cool with that. His, fian- his best friend's not cool with that. His wife's not cool with that. His wife's not cool with that. Like, people are just not cool with it. And he, <laughs> and he, he basically goes through each of these people that are uncool with what he's trying to do, and he gets rid of them. And yeah, he murders them. <coughs> and, yeah, and then the supernatural, towards the end, comes back to, to haunt him, which I love that. I really love, again, like, this movie for me, like, when I first saw it, it was very, like, oh, I was, like, it's getting, there's a few moments that are a little slow, and then the ending is just so, so just chaotic of, like, lightning striking and him hearing things. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, this evil witch that, like, lives in the town that, like, guess she just hangs outside her place and just you know, harasses passerby, and I love it. Um, I truly, truly love this movie, which makes me kind of disturbed when I watch it again. I'm like, man, it's weird that I love this movie so much, but I do. It, it well, yeah, because the character's it's a misogynist, and he, yeah, he's like, women are only good for spreading my seed, and like, uh, he is a monster, but it is, it is charming. Yeah. It's kind of great. Like, you really appreciate it, I feel like. As a film, yeah. But I haven't seen the other ones, and I really want to watch them now. I think that's a great... I am going to be leaving this trilogy here for you to watch, because... Yeah, yeah. um, Embodiment of Evil, let me just put it this way. My wife was out of town. I'm so, I'm like so curious. Because I, you know, this one to me is really strong. And then the second one, I've only watched once. But it's it's, it's also fucked up. It's also like, man, man, I can't fucking... Like, it's always, always... He... Yo, Marika Moranz has this amazing... He does the one thing that most people should do whenever they're making follow-ups is you always try to outdo the last one. And so the second one, I'm like, holy fucking shit. It doesn't have the same charm as the first one. Yeah. But as far as content, he's going... He's taking it up a notch. And then by the time he gets to Embodiment of Evil, which my wife is out of town, I was like, I'm going to watch this. I've had it for years. I'm a big fan. I, I should, whatever, I'm popping in. And I was like, I can't fucking believe when I'm watching. Really? There are scenes in that movie where I'm like... I can't fucking believe this shit. And it's brilliant. And he wrote and directed it. And good kudos to him because it was like he brought a character back that was been off of camera or off. Uh, no. Camera, the character's always been on camera, like even throughout the 80s, you know, like yeah. on TV. But he brought the character, like the story of the character, back from a, what, 30 some, 40 some odd year absence. And he tells, he's, he's making a sequel, a third installment to a trilogy. And um, he manages to tie in, like, you really need to watch these other two movies, 
the first two to get embodiment of evil because he's covering ground. There's he does callbacks to characters from the first two movies. Really? Um, he uses footage from the first two movies. Um, there's characters that are related to characters from these first two movies, and I'm like, holy shit! So as a story, it's this like really kind of like strangely cohesive trilogy. But as an as an installment, let me put it this way: this embodiment of evil blows the fuck out of Rise of Skywalker as far as, like, <laughs> this is how you want to end it in a trilogy. Um, it's really great, but, but again, you got to start with At Midnight I'll Take Your Soul, which is yeah. one of the coolest titles, um, one of the greatest intros with the old witch, the kind of, like, talking to the audience in the theater and telling them, like, all right, look, you, you can leave now, other if you don't, you're fucked. Yeah. And... I, I'm always a fan for the type of like gimmicky, yeah, type, you know, like cheese, yeah, that like you the know good that cheese. that entertain that that uh, showmanship, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, watch it, midnight. I'll take your soul, the sign up position corpse, and then you know you'll thank me after embodiment of evil. Where you're like, I never want to listen to a recommendation of yours again, but it's great. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to watch it now. Um, I I really love it. There's, like, a ton of Brazilian horror movies that are on my list, especially from the 70s, too. Yeah. But this is this trilogy is definitely one of them. Very cool. It, it'll, uh, and it was really cool, too, is that, like, somebody made a reference that Embodiment of Evil, a lot of the same scenes that were, you know, a lot of the, the locations were the same locations as the City of God. But it oh, feels really? like a different movie. Cause it's oh, like, yeah. It's this, like... You That's know. so cool, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you when was it early two? Th- when was um the last one? Uh, this mo- the embodiment of evil was yeah. twenty. Hold that thought. <laughs> um, I I asked just because two thousand. Hum- okay, there there had only been a few years past. So, mid- midnight is nineteen sixty four. This episode of corpse is sixty seven, and then we don't come back to coffin Joe trilogy again until two thousand eight, and. Holy shit. Synapse Films put out a great three-disc uh, Coffin Joe trilogy um, that you should totally check out. It's got interviews with him. It's really weird. When you watch an interview with him, you're like, who is this fucking guy? He's certainly not his character. And it's like, he, he's so like... Um, uh, I was just reading an interview where mm-hmm. the, in Embodiment of Evil, they, they, they do a flashback. They rewrite the ending to... Um, this night I'll possess your corpse because the censors came in and made him... Oh, really? Yeah. So that he got to redo it. And he got this actor who's... He got this guy from St. Louis who looked identical. Who, like, he'd seen on the internet dressed up as uh-huh. like, cosplay stuff. He's like, I want you to play him. And I guess the guy on the day that the guy met Coffin Joe was at a hospital because this famous Brazilian actor that he... Everybody knew and everybody loved had just died. Mm-hmm. And, Co- and, you know, Jose Marica Moranz was, like, just... Spent the entire day, like, bawling his eyes out in mourning. And he's like... This guy, like this young, this kid from St. Louis, like shows up to meet this guy who he's like he really admires, and he's gonna he's gonna play him in a movie, and the, and Coffin Joe's just like hugging him and crying and being like, I'm so sorry that we're meeting like this, but you know, yeah. this, you know, it's just like such a what the fuck? Like I expected this guy to get up and be like, you know, I I don't I don't care about it. when you die, you die, and then like whipping the entire hospital to death, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, but it's just I know. you know, it's just he's so good at that. He's so. Good it's, at being a dick. I don't know how much of that character has elements of him, and I don't want to know. Well, that's the whole point of, I think, of horror, too, is um, it's cathartic. Yes. Uh, it very much is to go through our fears. 
Or our, and, or our and, worst selves, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and to to go through that and to get it out, um, I think is really important. And I feel like that's one of them. And I think that was his. Like I I've read some things where you know where he's yeah. saying he's like, this is my way of getting that out. Yes. And also, I want you to enjoy it and get out what you need to get out too. Yeah. It's it's just like you know every great filmmaker, you know that's what Absolutely. they want to do. It's it's good. I really I really true like it. That. Yo <laughs> yo true. Very true. Um, it is. I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about these other two movies. But um, that was at Midnight I'll Take Your Soul. Yeah, so cool. And then join us next time for wherever around the world we are. Yeah, we're, we're coming towards our... Uh, or if we're in America. I think we're just going to go and just pick yeah, whatever yeah. whatever floats our boat wherever we are. All right, well, um, Happy New Year. Yeah, it's now 2020 for real. We're in the future, guys. <laughs> Check us out on Instagram, video underscore vampires. Um, hey, tell us what you thought your 2020 favorite movies were. Um Maybe you'll you'll mention something that we're like, well, I didn't see that, and then we'll watch it and be like, yeah. If you guys are looking for a great list, anti underscore CGI on Instagram has a great top twenty of the decade list going. A lot of great films and some stuff I haven't seen yet. Um, let's all talk about our favorite stuff together. Rock and roll. All right. Bye. Bye.